been an awakening. Have you felt it? Light it up. Welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, your source for a high-quality, informative, and entertaining look into the Star Wars galaxy. So strap yourself in, because here's where the fun begins. Well, here we are, another week closer to Episode 9, another week closer to Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And I've got to say, um, everyone on this podcast tonight is a parent. You've got kids, which is why you're a parent. Um, <laughs> and and so you can probably relate with this. And, and listeners, you might be able to relate with this as well. There's that that point in, in raising kids where you're proud that they're starting to learn to read for themselves. And that, that includes going beyond, you know, just the books they might check out from the school library, but includes street signs and things you see around town, things like that. But there's also they're they're working things out and trying to relate it to other things that they know as far as other words and make word associations and things like that. And and sometimes, you know, they I don't want to say they get confused, but they they make mistakes and mistakes are natural. Um, we've all made them. The empire's built several large weapons that have been destroyed every time, so we all make mistakes. <laughs> so. Uh, Sit with me, if you will, as I tell you the story <laughs> of a young seven-year-old girl learning to read. And so my daughter and I were at um, the local uh, clinic the other day, the local um, clinic. I had some pneumonia right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were walking, and you know she's becoming more and more familiar with Star Wars. It would be hard not to in this household. And she knows the names of most of the characters, and now she's able to to read the names of most of the characters. And so as, as we're going through the, the medical clinic there, um, she says to me with great enthusiasm, Daddy, do they have Jedi here? And I thought, oh. what in the world? I said, I, I don't think so, sweetheart. Why, why do you ask? And I thought maybe she saw a book in the waiting room, something like that. And she said, well, right there on, on the door, it says it. And I said, where? And she said, right there. It says, Obi-Gyn. And I said, no, sweetheart. That's O-B-G-Y-N. That's something else that's not a Jedi. Mm. Indeed. But um, is that the ship? Is that the ship name for Obi Wan and Qui Gon? It might be. Yeah, if they were if they were shipping, they would be yeah. Yes. OBGYN. Oh my. Gen. Oh my goodness. But here's the good news, right? That at least she's got Star Wars on the brain twenty four seven, looking for those little <laughs> windows into the Star Wars galaxy. What could be better than that? I I am patting myself on the back as a proud proud father. <laughs> well, listen, my little Tauntauns, we are glad that you're with us tonight on this 165th edition of Unmistakably Star Wars. My name is Devin Kleffer. I am your curator of content for this evening's show. Joining me in the USW World Headquarters located in the San Francisco Bay Area, the one and only Barb the Canadian. That's me. Hey, everybody. She sounds sweet, folks, but I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> off air tonight, we've gone from uh, stares and glances to just right, downright shooting fire and force lightning 
through me. Not even like contacting me, just going through me. I've, I've been eviscerated and vaporized. There it is right there. There it is right there. <laughs> okay. At my, at my de- defense, yes. off air, yeah. you know, to all the listeners right. out there, right. they don't they don't understand the sarcasm mm. and the quick mm-hmm. lines that yeah. we have to deal with from our host, Evan. So, really? Yeah. Let's oh just put that out there right now. You know what? Barb, I'll do one better. If you'd like to become a patron of Unmistakably Star Wars, <laughs> I'll be happy to get you the off-air audio. And you can hear how Barb comes across so nice and polite and oh. Canadian on-air. <laughs> and off-air, I mean, it's somewhere between, like, Maleficent and, you know, like, Cinderella's stepmom. It's it's, it's oh horrible. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've actually considered... Um, you know, calling local authorities. Yeah, from time yeah, to they time. should do that so that they could hear that everything that Devin is saying right now is so not true. Nobody <laughs> believes that. Everybody knows everything that comes out of this golden voice is nothing, <laughs> nothing but the utmost of purity uh-huh. and truth. And who else do we have on the show? And also joining us tonight, <laughs> the man who uh, is the thunder down under. <laughs> Under the Mason-Dixon line, that is, the one and only Mr. Carl Hassler. Hey, thanks. I'm still trying to figure out from your introduction about why the fact that we have kids makes us obvious, but I, I'll, I'll figure it out later. Yeah. Well, I think you could have actually stopped with part of that question and said, why the heck do we have kids? And then just left it there. <laughs> yes, my daughter just turned 16, so that I've been oh, asking myself that a wow, lot. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. We, will, we will send collective Good Galaxy vibes your way then, because <laughs> I'm sure that's about as fun as a wampa in a trash compactor. All right, also joining us, that was the first thing that came to my mind, now that I have that visual in my mind, a wampa in a trash compactor. That sounds really, sounds really messy. Yeah, sorry about the mess. My goodness. <laughs> Joining us as always, my co-pilot and book into these lower 48 states, the one and only Infos Eve. Hey, everybody. Well, listen, we've got some fun stuff to talk about tonight. I, well, okay, let me rephrase that. We've got some important things to talk about tonight. Uh, one of them is not that fun because it, it means that Disney's going deeper and deeper into our wallets. So we'll talk about that and what that is all about. We're also going to talk about, listen, we, we all know that Carrie Fisher and Leia is going to be part of episode nine, but we had some news come out, an interview on Good Morning America. Her brother, Todd Fisher, actually gave us a little bit of insight. He doesn't say what is going to happen, but he gives us kind of some reassurance for Star Wars fans that maybe had some doubts or, or some frustrations about how Leia was going to work into the storyline. We'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about speculation about how a Star Wars character that has appeared in a Star Wars story, sorry, Star Wars story, is also maybe, perhaps, just possibly going to come back and visit us again in Episode 9. And then we're going to continue our series in our Closer Look segment. We've been talking about... Pivotal moments and the dialogue that, that really is essential to their character development. And so tonight, we're actually going to talk about Darth Vader. And we're going to talk about how we're defining Darth Vader, if that includes Anakin or not, if that includes any parts of the Clone Wars and things like that. So we're going to talk about Darth Vader and some of the, the most pivotal things that come out of that respirator that we all <laughs> love to imitate when we're alone in the car. So stick around, my little tauntauns. We're back with the news right after this. Number three. 
All right. Hey, I mentioned it. Uh, Disney is going for another cash grab. Not only do we have this little streaming service, Disney Plus, right around the corner, but it was just announced that ticket prices for Disneyland and Magic Kingdom are once again rising. In fact, this is the biggest increase that Disney has had percentage-wise. We're up to $149 per person per day for Disneyland. Land. That is during peak times. That is a pretty significant jump from the one that happened last year. And since last year was only about a week and a half ago, <laughs> um, it's not that long ago. So let me just start our conversation with this. We know that Disney is going to get money. They're a media giant. They're one of roughly a dozen or so media companies that control all other media meaning they have all kinds of subsidiaries. And here they are. They're playing on our heartstrings. They're tugging on our wallets. And they're saying, now we've got you. We've got Star Wars Land. We've got Disney+. Plus. We've got live-action Star Wars series. And we're jacking up the prices. <laughs> Barb, regardless of what the exchange rate is, um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? Whoa, Barb! You didn't need to show that finger. Um oh, Barb, what are your thoughts on this? When we're hearing all this good stuff come out, we've got Disney Plus, we've got live action, we've got new trilogies, we've got Star Wars Land opening this June 2019, we've got Celebration around the corner, and guess what? That Star Wars Land that you want to take your family to, it's going to cost you even more now. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I had a lot of thoughts, to be honest. I, it was hard to hear it. It makes sense that Disney raises prices every year for okay. for tickets. Um, for shareholders, yes. For <laughs> like for a fraction, like a f fractional raising. Okay. I'm sorry, my words aren't coming out right. But um, this was such a significant amount that it really just it it seems to harken towards the fact that they're opening Star Wars Land. Right. And it got me thinking, like, and this kind of goes against what Disney does, but. Have it be an extra perk instead of raising mm. the cost for everybody so significantly. Mm. Say, say more. What do you mean by extra perk? So, you know, we went to Disney World almost two years ago now, and they've got a ton of different parks. Yeah. And you pay for each park. Okay. And they could make it that Star Wars Land is its own entity. Gotcha. And so gotcha. that if you actually want entrance into Star Wars Land, because what we've seen, it's bigger than anything like Tomorrowland or Frontierland right. or right. anything. It's way bigger than that, that it could be its own thing. Yeah. That mm. charge for entry into Star Wars Land separately okay. from your standard So it's an Disney a la carte thing. thing. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That, that's an interesting perspective and point of view on that. I think that that would be interesting to see how, if, if, if that came up in any of the conversations beforehand mm -hmm. or, or not. But I, I like that take. Carl... Here they are. Yes. They're reaching deeper into our wallets. So what, what's your perspective on this? Is this an, and I know that we've touched on this at the various times that they've either raised prices or started putting out more opportunities for consumers to spend their money on Star Wars slash mm -hmm. Disney merchandise. But when you see this, does it feel? Does it feel as a fan? Does it feel just like a cash grab? Did, or did you expect it? Be like, yeah, Star Wars is going to open, and I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Boom! There it is. I mean. You know that's what businesses do. They they're you know people call it cash grab if it's a, if it's a terrible thing. You know I don't 
my family's not going to be able to go to it. So, you know, but I'm okay with, you know, as somebody who's not going to be able to, to partake in this anytime soon, you know, that's just kind of what you expect people to do or, or companies or especially corporations to do. If, so I'm not shocked by it. I'm not surprised by it. Um, you know, on the one hand, yeah, it does feel like, you know, that they do sort of, they're taking advantage of our love for Star Wars, but that's why they paid so much mm. for it. I mean, that they've got to make that money back. And two, I guess, you know, trying to look logically or, or to defend it, that, you know, there's probably going to be a need to sort of keep the crowd from being too big. Sure. You know, a lot of people could, you know, I think just talking and listening to other podcasts and talking to Star Wars fans, lots of people are... I'm, wait, are, I'm when, sorry. When did, you, did, you, did you say listening to other podcasts? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm just Real, seeing, okay. I'm trying to like see Gilmore you, like, Girls, Gilmore Guys. What, what do you? Okay, all right. I just wanted to make the sure. Good place. Yeah, but um, they just, uh, you know, just lots of people are are, try, are counting down the days. And I know you and Jeremy just talked last week about how soon will you go? And you guys don't necessarily like crowds, but you know there will probably be a giant influx of people wanting to be there as soon as possible. Sure. So it, it's a way to make money for them, of course, and that's probably the the major thing. But the other thing too is it might sort of keep the crowds from being so big that it it makes it. And as they said in their release, they want to keep it a, a an enjoyable experience for all the patrons. You know, if you have too many people there, it's really hard to enjoy because you're, you know, as you guys talked about, you don't want to be in line all day mm. for all the, with all the money you spend. So, you know, yeah, it feels kind of gross on one hand, but on the other hand, it's like you know, it's, it's what companies do. Well, and, and you certainly hit on the point that Disney is trying to pitch and convince us of. It's like, hey, by offering higher prices. It's going to inevitably – they realize that they're squeezing some families out of it mm-hmm. with the philosophy, with the theory that, yes, we're going to raise the price. We know that some people are not going to be able to afford it. But for those of you that can, it's going to be a better experience because there will be less poor people there. We want mm-hmm. to make sure we keep the poor people out. <laughs> Eve, is this quickly becoming – going from the happiest place on earth to a wretched hive of scum and villainy? <laughs> No. I, wow. I, I feel, okay, say more. I feel awkward after the poor people comment. But well, uh, tell, tell <laughs> me that that's not what they're doing. It, it definitely feels slimy in that regard. I think one of the lines from the article specifically says that and in keeping crowd numbers down. And it's like, well, specifically crowd numbers, people who can't afford it. Right. And that's gross. I mean, that's just gross. But for me, like... On one hand, Barb said she had a lot of thoughts about this, but on the other hand, I didn't have that many because this is not a shock whatsoever. Sure. I think it was just, oh, look, Disney raised their price again. But with Mm. Galaxy's Edge on the left and right coasts, like they're, they're, it's, it makes sense. They're pouring millions and millions and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. into each of their parks. Sure. It it yeah. just from a bottom line perspective, it makes sense that their costs would go up, but they didn't need that slimy line whatsoever about making people who cannot afford this experience yeah. feel like they matter even less to Disney in the long run. Okay, and look, I don't want to bash Disney, nor am I a Disney shill. Like from a, from a black and white standpoint, from a business standpoint, like duh, they are putting billions of dollars into this, mm-hmm. meaning Star Wars and Lucasfilm. And they have every right to turn a profit. And if I was a shareholder of Disney, I would say charge more money, absolutely, <laughs> even if I couldn't afford to go. It, which brings me to the next point is, listen, I, I've, I've been at Disneyland. My daughter has been to Disneyland. 
She went to Magic Kingdom, Disney World, when Celebration was in Orlando in 2017. And I have stood in line for hours on Mm -hmm. end just to have a photo taken with a princess. (laughs) Now, thankfully, my daughter wanted her picture taken, too. But um, (laughs) that sounds like a dirty old man joke. And it was. (laughs) That is a dirty Um, old man. But in all seriousness, like we, we have stood in line for rides. We have stood in line for pictures with princesses and characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I think that – I don't know for my family like where the line is between like knowing we're going to kind of get hosed on this and we have to just kind of suck it up. And um, even though my eye will twitch a little and the voices in my head will start raging, I'll still be like, okay, like we're going we're gonna to have a fun family vacation and it's going to cost me a fortune, right? <laughs> versus, versus, you know what? I, I love Disney. I love Star Wars, but we're not going to do that. And whether that's from a financial standpoint or a principled standpoint or, or however, mm. I can foresee us coming to that point. Because eventually this, this is going to continue to trend. Even you mentioned, like, this is going to continue to trend in that mm. direction. And eventually we're going to get to $175 a day, $200 yeah. a day, and, and beyond. Barb, will this dissuade you either going and or going as a family? I think it will to an extent. Okay. But there's that other part of me that's like, I have to experience Star Wars mm-hmm. land. I absolutely have to. Yeah. It's not, there are people, uh, and this is foreign to me from where I'm from. Yeah. Um, but here in California, there are people that make this an annual or biannual thing. Yeah. That to me is absolutely unaffordable. Yeah. Um, but making sure that we can go either as a family or just me and my husband or me and a friend, yeah. which is obviously more affordable. Right. I, no matter what, I'm making it to Star Wars land at some point. I'm not going to make it there for opening. It's going to mm. be too crazy yeah. for yeah. opening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I have to get there at some point. Okay. Fair enough. Do you foresee, and I don't need you to give us a number, but do you foresee a, a point where the, the Disney land, Magic Kingdom, Star Wars land experience, like there's going to come a point where it's like, yeah, we're out. Mm. Uh, probably. Yeah. I, I hate to say that because, because they, the prices are outlandish. Mm. I, I couldn't believe when I was looking at the list of what all these different tickets cost. Yeah. Mm. How expensive they are. You right. know, I, I realized we just went in November, mm-hmm. but that was a gift. Right. I had no idea how much the tickets yeah. cost. And yeah. now I'm kind of like, wow, that was quite a gift. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's one of the reasons like my wife, Rachel and I have chaperoned our school senior trip the last four or five years simply mm-hmm. because we're just like, okay, we'll put up with a bunch of grouchy, smelly teenagers for two days because we get to go to Disneyland for free. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we're paying for it, believe me. But as far as money out of pocket, <laughs> yeah. we're not paying for anything. <laughs> Eve, what about you? And again, not looking for a number, but do you foresee things like this getting, I'm using conjecture here, right? But getting in the way of your fandom, do you see there come a point where like, I would love to go do that, but that is the Star Wars fan experience I just am not going to be able to have at some point? Uh, no. Wow, okay. I think, okay, so a couple, uh, maybe a month or two ago, Columbia had put out the Empire Strikes Back 
uh, replica jacket that the crew and set mm-hmm. personality per- yeah. personnel wore back in yeah. 1983. Yeah. And I was just, oh my gosh, I need this coat. And then, of course, I go online and I see that it's 500 pounds, which converts to, I don't know, what, six something, 700, um, you know, US dollars. And I was like, well, that's something that I'll never own <laughs> because I can't justify <laughs> yeah. spending that kind of money for a coat. Yeah. And right. So that's kind of like where I wouldn't be able to justify spending money on my fandom and Star Wars and mm. and my love for things like that. But when it comes yeah. to Disney World, I I mean, I live 3000 miles from Disneyland and about 1800 from Disney World. So if mm-hmm. I have a chance to go, I'm going. Yeah. All right. And well, there you go. Yeah. So it it's it's not it's not every year. It's not even every 2 years. So no, it's never going to come in the way of it. So it's more of a measured, hey, we are making the conscious decision that we know that this is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime or twice-in-a-lifetime type of situation. Therefore, you're you're budgeting accordingly to, in order to make that happen. Yes. I, for, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I've been quite a few times, but I don't go that often. Yeah. So maybe the rest of my life, it could be another 15 times. But if I live to be 80 or 90 years old, that's that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can justify spending the money in that way. I'd be happy to go another 15 or so times. <laughs> <laughs> Divide that number by about five or six. Um, Carl, you're already on record and have been before. Brutally honest. And thank you for having the courage to even share that. But when it comes to you knowing that that's not even, that's not even part of the game plan for you guys. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in any way, does that impact your fandom? Um, or is it something where it's like, you know what? It, it's just something that we know. It's like, it is what it is. It's not a big deal. The sun will rise and set regardless. Yeah, I mean, it's it. my wife the other day was saying, you know, she sees pictures of people on Facebook say, oh, they just go into Disney World. And, you know, she kind of feels bad about that. But at some point, you know, you got I try to be of a, of a mind that, you know, it's okay for – not everybody to be able to do everything. And, and I can say that from the perspective of I'm one of the people that doesn't get to do a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So, um, and I try to look at the positive. I try to be as positive as I can with it. And, and one thing is the more Disney gets people engaged in Star Wars, then the more stuff they're going to have out there, mm. whether it be movies or animation or yeah. things, things that I do have access yeah. to. And so if they're building more and more fans with all these different um, things and, and, and kids go to the park as young kids who haven't really got exposed to Star Wars uh, as much as their parents are, but their parents take them, and now they love it, mm-hmm. and now they want to get into it. And it just it just makes the franchise stronger. And then I get to have more enjoyment from different things that I can see that I'm all for it. So, you know, um, I think there can be good from it, and I can benefit even if I don't actually get to ever go. Okay, fair enough. So let me ask this. I'm going to ask this of everybody. Let's say that Disney has said, all right, giving you – $500 credit. You can either spend it on a multi-day pass for yourself at Star Wars, or if you want to spend it to bring you and your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, or both your spouse and your boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, or, thank you, Barb. Charity laughter is as good as the real thing. Or you can bring your family in for one day. Or you can spend that same $500 on Star Wars art, Star Wars decor, Star Wars stuff. Which, which would you rather have, Barb? Let me begin with you. 
I would definitely use it for the experience. Yeah. For okay. the three, four day yeah. experience. It, it just, I, and I love, you know, the art and all right. of that kind of stuff, but I just, nothing would beat that kind of experience mm. and the memories that that would give. And just, just, it would be amazing to okay. do that. Mm-hmm. And would you say that $500 credit is mine? See you later, husband and family? $500 at Disneyland's not going to go far. No. <laughs> yep. Right. You know, right. like if I, if but I, would you w- hoard it to yourself though? Yeah. If the tickets, <laughs> if it tickets Beautiful. like 150 bucks, yeah. you know, me and a friend, me and my husband, I, yeah. th- that's not $500 isn't going to go anywhere with a family of five. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So goodbye kitties. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> right. You guys have, you know, 30 years on me. So right. enjoy Disneyland. Yeah, go get when a freaking job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So it's it's you and or you and a friend, you and your husband. Okay. Um, Eve, how about you? If you're given the, the $500 Disney credit, do you, do you go to Star Wars land or do you mm. say, no, actually, I'd, I'd like to spend it on my fandom in this way? <laughs> uh, I'm with Barb. Experience over things. Yeah? It did. Yeah. It means more. You're not, you're not going to buy the jacket? <laughs> no, it won't be able to afford the damn jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were going to give you $500. And the jacket's more. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> so Didn't no. do my conversion rate. Went to public school. I apologize. <laughs> no. Give me give me the Galaxy tickets. Free day. Yeah, All right. Exactly. Carl, how about you? Yeah, I would um, do the experience. I mean, I you know, if it was just for me, I probably might get something more permanent like, you know, the artwork or something. But, you know, I would like to have that experience. And I would, you know. It wouldn't maybe cover all the family, but we'd kick in the rest, whatever we needed to, yeah. and, and just have the family go. So yeah. it'd be it'd be fun to do and share, and we'd all have that memory together. So yeah. that's what I would want yeah. to do. I think you're all friggin' nuts. <laughs> oh, stop it's because I've seen <laughs> the studio and what you spend yeah. on all this well, stuff. Well, Star Wars art is my crack. I mean, there's, there's just no getting around <laughs> that. But look, it, and this has so much to do with one yes my passion is i would love to add to the star wars art collection because there's something i as as an only child with a very very <laughs> very overactive imagination i can look at a piece of art and like i can transport my mind into that piece of art it's very mary poppins esque <laughs> which by the way is another disney property um <laughs> with i was thinking more of anna in uh, the frozen when she's like you know all alone looking at all the oh art. yeah yeah that's, another, that's disney too i'll, I'll <laughs> sing a little uh let it go for you off air um oh yeah in in addition to that, though, you, you all know, and especially if you've been listening to this pod for any length of time at all, you know that I detest crowds. So just know this, like, mm. hey, it's paid for, but you have to put up with 30 bajillion people elbow to elbow. Um, that, that, that's not enticing to me at all. One of the things that I love most about when we chaperone the senior trip is because it's somebody else's money. Then we can just take our time and meander and people watch and sit down and... <laughs> enjoy some ice cream or whatever else beignets in new orleans square (laughs) whatever it is but that's the only way that i can like keep my sanity about me because there's so many people there so 500 bucks it's going to art in fact i'm i'm i will tell you right now and and eve you know what i'm gonna say and that is Mm -hmm. i'm i'm gonna go buy the the canvas edition of (laughs) of the art silent guardian it's, but, it's epic. But you still have to put out $250 of your own money. <laughs> it's $750. Uh, 
I'm going to buy the lithograph. <laughs> of, I'm going to buy the lithograph of Silent Guardian. It's it's epic. I, it I need is. to have that. At some point, I will. I might have to, you know, I don't know, have a side business going. Eve's got me watching Breaking Bad, so the possibilities are endless <laughs> at this point. What? You haven't watched that yet? I've watched that twice. Yes. Let's find out what's next in the news. <laughs> Number two. Barb always been the need to one up me. Yeah, that's I'm okay. sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, no, apologize. I, I don't. I don't know what what possibly could bring that out of me. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't no know. idea. A little, whoa, it's coming out. Fire! <laughs> Fire! My goodness! Close the blast doors. All right. Um, let's take a look at our next story in the news cycle this week, and that is interview with Tom Fisher, Carrie Fisher's brother, on Good Morning America. And we got a little bit of insight into what Leia's role may mean in episode nine. And I don't think this is a spoiler. We talked about this off air. Barb shaking mm. her head saying, yes, it's a spoiler. Look, oh, we all know Carrie Fisher that is That was a in yes, I agree that oh, it's not a me. spoiler. Wait, wait, say, say, say it again. <laughs> say those words. Yes, I agree with you. Oh, that can we cut that? I need that as a ringtone, please. Um, Timestamp. Okay. Boom. So it's it's not a spoiler because we don't actually know what's going on. But I think that this is this is fascinating. So let me actually read to you his quote from the interview. And this this is what again Todd Fisher says. There's a lot of minutes of footage. I don't mean just outtakes. This is unused new content that could be woven into the storyline. That's what's going to give everybody such a great kick. It's going to look like it was meant to be like it was shot yesterday. Then he goes on to say, we're not allowed to talk about the details of anything, but we're thrilled at what's been done. They've, they've seen what's there, albeit in, in a rough state. Carl? Yes? Does this excite you? Does this calm you down? Is this what you expected mm. to hear? Does this alleviate any tensions or doubts you may have had going into this with like what are they going to do and is this going to be a forced hand just to kind of pay some fan tribute i like i like what i'm hearing and and i listened to you guys last week you and jeremy talking about you know is it going to open with a funeral or you know how little or how much is she going to be in there so i think this answers that question yep. that she's probably going to be in there a pretty good bit yeah. and um i like that and then he talks about how much footage there is so i think that alleviates the people who are worried about it being um, computer generated, which they already said they wouldn't do, mm. but you know, you guys even speculated. Well, will they tweak a little bit here or there with computer generated, but not actually, you know, change her? And right. She's still the actress performing it, so I think it answers a lot of those questions. Um, he's he's excited about it, so I think it. To me, it sounds very very positive, and I'm ex I'm excited about it. I think they're going to put her in the story because my hope is that they don't kill off the character. Mm. Um, We've lost Luke, we've lost Han, and I know Luke can go on as a force ghost, but, you know, have somebody actually still living of the of the original three would be great, plus the fact that if maybe that was what they wanted to do with the story, but then in real life she's passed away, I think it, it kind of, you know, might be too troubling for a lot of people to, to see that happen on screen, mm. too. Uh, at least her character could live on. So yeah. I think for all those reasons, I think it's, it's really good news. Eve, from your perspective, and, and Carl brings up a great point, Han mm -hmm. is gone. Luke, at least in a physical sense, is gone. Yeah. They're going to kill Chewie this episode. When it comes <laughs> what? to... Oh, I'm sorry. Did people not know that? Did people not know that? Okay. I'm sorry. I Oh, my gosh. Make sure you edit this. I'm just kidding. Relax, people. Just kidding. 
this. <laughs> I hope no one just like drove off the road right now. That would really make me sad for at least like seven to eight minutes. Um, <laughs> We're the surgeons in Washington. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so Eve, from your perspective though, it, we, Han is gone. Luke, at least in bodily form, as far as we know, is gone. Mm. Is it actually a, a very positive thing that the character of Leia actually may potentially live on? Yes. And I mean beyond nine. Like, she's alive at the end of nine. Yeah, yes. I think... But that would surprise me. Mm. I think Mm. it would surprise me more if she did live on, even Mm. though I think we collectively could use or could benefit from seeing one of our legacy characters continue on. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just... It feels like kind of grim and like a grim irony to it if she's the one that lives on Mm. which i'm having a little trouble processing when i was thinking about this article and episode nine as a whole with her interesting um i i think this is reassuring though i think todd fisher's comments are reassuring but i remember when we talked about this and now you know, the announcement that they were going to use old footage months ago. Mm -hmm. I think some of the fears I remember you guys talking about were, well, did they have enough? Mm. Was it going to kind of conflict with her outfits from the force awakens, which were more militant to, you know, her regal look in the last Jedi. And I think reading these comments kind of reassured me that they had enough of everything Mm -hmm. to just make a cohesive story, either to, end her character storyline or kind of take it into that beyond place where we just can kind of make it up for ourselves at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Barb, we know because of the trailer we got for the force awakens, we know of at least one scene that involves Leia and Maz Kanata and Luke's lightsaber hill. Mm-hmm. Do you think we see that? Oh, wow. I didn't know you'd ask me that question. I don't know. Um, it's it's hard for me to speculate exactly where the story is going to go. Right, yeah. Uh but it would be interesting to see you know the whole lightsaber connection and everything that we see with yeah. with that scene. Yeah. But I don't want to speculate too much on exactly where the story goes, but I'm with Eve in, in just saying that like it seems comforting to know that they've mm. got a lot of footage. Yeah. to just really fill in that story the way they want to. I love that you use the word comforting because I think that that's something that I can echo that I think after reading Todd's comments, I felt like, okay, like I don't think he's just trying to sell us something. Like I think he's, he's seen what they have so far. JJ has probably talked him through how they're going to use it. And I really felt like a degree of like reassurance, like, Oh no, not only like are they going to treat the character well, but it could be better than anything we even kind of conceptualize in our own minds of how they're going to do this. And is the story going to ultimately suffer because they want to fit her in and things like that. And those were my thoughts when right. when we first learned that they were going to use this footage, yeah. like that they're putting themselves in a box. Right. But yeah, everything that he said here makes me like I, – I've realized that when they film a movie, there's a lot – that goes that gets filmed that does not end right. up in the final. Right. But just his his comments make it seem like like they're almost they have enough to take the story exactly where they want to take it. Right. Which that's the part that's comforting. I, I totally agree. I, I was left feeling like 
the possibilities are exponentially bigger than I at least thought that they were at the beginning of how are they going to do this? Exactly. Carl, from your perspective, we know, according to this interview and, and some other sources, that they've got footage, sounds in plenty, of both Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Do you think that we're going to kind of see an even balance of both of those shots from those films that were unused? Or do you think that they might rely heavily on TFA Leia versus Last Jedi Leia? I think it would probably be more of The Force Awakens mm-hmm. um, because we're, we're on crate. At least that's where we've left them. Um, it's like she's kind of back in the battle again. It's kind of like back in the yeah. battle again, but back in the yeah. battle. Uh, so, you know, the more utilitarian type clothing, I think, would be more along the lines of what she needed to do. Um, you know, possibly if everybody ignored the call for help and maybe if she's instead of calling out if you know after the time jump that you that we've discovered Mm -hmm. there's going to probably be maybe she is going through the universe or through the galaxy at least uh visiting people to personally ask for help so in those situations she might need some more of the the last jedi clothing uh but uh i would see more of the force awakens if i had to put money on it let me let me ask you this as a follow-up then we we know that star wars is rather famous or infamous, however you want to look at it, for for retconning. And for those of you that are new mm-hmm. to the term retconning, it just simply means kind of using future installments to kind of tweak previous things. And one one great example was, you know, we have in A New Hope when Leia goes face to face with Grand Moff Tarkin, and she has this "Where did this come from?" faux English accent, right? And and no one like there, there was nothing to tie that to anywhere in the story. And then Claudia Gray comes around years later and just has a little bit in in her book that talks about oh well clearly Leia did that very intentionally and she was intentionally like doing it in a mocking way to Tarkin. So that that, that is an example of retconning. We're, we're kind of either explaining or fixing little things. So Carl, do you mm-hmm. think that anything that they do with the character of Leia will? retcon tweak maybe just kind of better flesh out anything from the force awakens or the last jedi hmm well the only thing i could maybe think of would be her use of the force Mm. you know after she was blown into space um you know maybe if they talk about or explain or or we see her using some more of the force and maybe she talks about how she had, um, I don't know, just had studied some something somewhere yeah. or had been taught something a long time ago and has been practicing and meditating on her own. Yeah. Um, that's about the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I think that would make sense, right? So she just doesn't found wandering the halls of the uh, Cobra Kai dojo. Eve, <laughs> from, from your perspective, do you think that there's anything they're going to use to kind of tweak, backfill, retcon one of the previous installments from the sequel trilogy? Or for that matter, <laughs> any of the films. Mm. Mm, no, I can't mm. think of one single instance. I, I and I, I especially hope it's nothing from the Last Jedi, because then mm. I feel like it would just be fan service. That worries me a little bit. Fan Negative. service, or it would be? Yeah, I was going to say. So, from your <laughs> perspective, it would just be like giving certain folks who didn't like the Last Jedi be mm. like, yes, if we're loud enough. Yes. They're going to fix things for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, don't know. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes total sense. Bar, from your perspective, do you see any potential for retconning, tweaking, fixing, backfilling? 
No, I'm with Eve on this. Yeah. I I don't see the need. It's yeah, it's it it wouldn't serve the story yeah. to go mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And look, I know time is a factor. I'm guessing based on history, we're looking at probably two hours fifteen, two hours thirty minutes tops, maybe because it is the final installment. Mm. Selfishly, I I don't think we're gonna get this, but selfishly, if it worked with the story, if there's footage for it, I I confess that I would I would like to see maybe her and Chewbacca together dealing with Han's death. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any footage exists for that. You know, JJ's been on the record with like, yeah, that was a, a knuckleheaded move on his part for not having them even embrace as mm. they're coming coming back from Star Killer Base. I don't know, obviously, if any footage exists of that, but how great would it be to to maybe see those two really mourn the loss at some extent? I don't know, or at least you know have a conversation about that. Who knows what it, what it might be, whether it's in flashback or, or whatever else. Um, I, I'm so hopeful with this. I don't know how much more I want to know about this. I, I think I want to go into this really feeling anticipating not just the the outcome of this final installment, but how they're going to do this on a creative note. I, I think this could truly be something special. And wouldn't it be fascinating if Carrie Fisher got nominated for a supporting actress award for this? Oh, yeah. How I, fascinating and fun would mm-hmm. that be? I think it's happened twice before where yeah. the winners were deceased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if, if her... If her portrayal of Leia in this is final installment is anything close to that, I mean, the Academy's got to go there. We we will burn down Hollywood. No, no, no. I'm just listen, listen for those. Okay, that, that's a joke. No, it's not. We will burn it down. Burn it down. What's next? Number one. All right, so as we debated whether the last topic was spoiler conjecture or none or all of the above, we also did the same with this. And so listen, from a certain point of view, from my point of view, this is just conjecture. Nothing's been confirmed. However, if you're trying to stay conjecture-free for episode nine, please check out the show notes if you don't want to hear anything that may be conjecture for what we're about to talk about, our number one news story of the week. So I am going to pause for a moment. There's the pause. And we're going to go ahead and jump into our number one news story of the week. And again, this is based on conjecture. We're getting this from a what I'll call a, a level two reliable source. <laughs> However, it's quoting something that I think is less reliable than it itself tends to be. So take that for what it's worth. But... Inverse.com happened to say this last week that there is a possibility, which has been stepped back from a probability, a possibility that we may see some of the concept art from The Force Awakens actually make it to the screen in Episode 9. Specifically, a Darth Vader Force ghost. This would not be Anakin. It would not be Sebastian Shaw. But it would actually be not only Darth Vader, but this would this would be our first Sith Lord Force Ghost. We don't know if it's true, nor does the source. They can't confirm. With that in mind, however, Eve, let me begin with you on this one. Mm-hmm. As a Darth Vader affectionado that you are, yes. 
do you want to see this? Do you not want to see this? If it's true, is this something that we should embrace and look forward to? Or is this something that, you know, we've talked about the character of Vader before, very much being like, in some cases, less is more. Mm-hmm. Is this a case where this might be too much? I uh, Before I start kind of going into this, I just have yeah. a question for you. Sure. Oh, yes. Where... Let's say hypothetically it happens. How would this fit in the story? Can you throw me out an example of how this would fit? Oh, I think there's all kinds of ways, right? Assuming we we get things back like the Knights of Rin and Mm -hmm. Kylo's obsession. We've already heard some speculation about Kylo Rin's helmet, right? So I think that there is still this deity-like worship going on with Kylo Rin. Mm -hmm. And I, I think as he tries to figure out the force and as we've been as viewers and fans treated to a a more i guess nebulous understanding of the force i I think there's all kinds of room if you're familiar with the force awakens concept art this vader ghost Mm -hmm. is kind of this weird in-between state it's not Mm -hmm. like holy vader as we remember him but it's not anakin and so it's almost like this creature ghost is Mm -hmm. is in this divine struggle within itself so with that in mind i I think there's all kinds of windows of opportunities for that if it were to happen i would think it would happen with kylo ren trying to commune with this just as we've learned that you know yoda and obi-wan obi-wan and qui-gon qui-gon and obi-wan but as remember on the top of the show not (laughs) obgyn on that note uh i my my only (laughs) My huge hang-up here is that when Darth Vader died, mm-hmm. he was Anakin again. Yeah. He, he didn't yeah. go into the great force beyond as yeah. Darth Vader. Right. So if I if I look at the kind of scenarios and the plausibilities that you threw out, it mm-hmm. feels more delusional on Kylo Ren's end mm-hmm. than an mm-hmm. actual force ghost. Yeah. I, it, it very well could be, and I think that's yeah. an important point, which, I, listen, again, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know I, I push back against the removal of Sebastian Shaw <laughs> from Force Ghost in Return of the Jedi <laughs> because in my very – I can't even say humble. Bullshit. I'm right on this. Um, in my opinion, <laughs> in my non-humble opinion on this, when when we see – Young Anakin Skywalker there. Mm. Well, then who's redeemed? Is it young Anakin Skywalker? Or did we return to Anakin Skywalker mm-hmm. when he throws the Emperor into the energy shaft on Death Star number due? Right? And and so from, from that mm-hmm. perspective, mm-hmm. that's why I think we should see Sebastian Shaw. But, but you're right, though, Eve. When it comes to, look, I thought Vader died. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, he, he died a, a metaphoric spiritual death, right? Darth yeah. Vader is dead um, because Anakin Skywalker is redeemed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what does that mean? Is it possible to have this Sith Force goes? Barb, you're, you're shaking your head, so well, jump I'm, in. Well, I'm agreeing a lot with what Eve has said already yeah. in that it it doesn't make sense for an actual Force ghost of Vader because... Vader is Anakin. Okay. We're not talking about multiple personalities here. We're talking about, you know, a struggle between one individual of good and evil. Yeah. And at the end, he was redeemed. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, unmasked as Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Darth Vader mm-hmm. is gone. Okay. There's no there's no force ghost of Darth Vader that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. But let me let me throw this back at, at both of you. Remember, Rebels has given us this thing called the Bindu. And all of a sudden it's no longer forces good or bad. It's this wide swatch of everything. Mm. Last Jedi gives us understanding that it's not just the Jedi or the Sith that have control of the Force. We all have the Force. It's just a matter of whether we're harnessing it or not. Okay, mm. Take that and put it on top of some of the other things that we've been treated to in Star Wars. Well, of course Darth Maul is dead. Whoops. Guess again. I, I just think from a creative standpoint, there is room for this. I, I think that there's a mystical part of the Force that we don't – excuse me – that we haven't yet experienced in film. I think there'll have to be a lot of explanation with what you're going. Yeah. And and it very well could be Mm -hmm. Dave has, has absolutely (laughs) told me to be quiet about this stuff, but (laughs) (laughs) Dave Filoni. Um, but, um, but listen, I, if, if, do I think that this conjecture that, that we're referring to in this article on inverse.com is accurate? I don't know. I, I tend to back away a little bit and I'll say, um, there was concept art for it. It's which, official which concept I actually art. Like. Yeah, which yeah. which is fascinating to think about, right? Yeah. And so at some point, concept art is brought out of the director and the writer saying, Okay, give me something that just kind of looks like this, right? Think back to Ralph McQuarrie and the original Star Wars concept, right? And how if you're a, a follower, a fan of the animated series Rebels, those characters, especially the Stormtroopers and Vader, are based very much on Ralph McQuarrie's original concept art for A New Hope. Concept art just doesn't happen. The artist sits down and goes, hey, what about this director and writer? It's the reverse. It's mm-hmm. the writer-director saying, okay, I, I need something that's like this. So obviously, that art that's part of an officially licensed Lucasfilm Star Wars concept art book for The Force Awakens, somewhere... Somebody said to a concept sketch artist, I, I need something that kind of resembles this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So going back to the, the pushback from, from you and Eve, and I'm, obviously I'm okay with the pushback, but somewhere JJ had said, actually, this is doable, mm-hmm. and, and here's what it would look like. So I, I don't know that in JJ's mind this is something brand new. I think that if it was in a concept art book from 2015, it's been brewing for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'll say to that. Carl, jump in on this though. What what are your thoughts mm. on this? Well, I don't know if you know it or not, but I am a um, I am a well, what am I trying to say here? Um, philosophy expert. Oh yeah, <laughs> clearly you're convincing I, me so far. I am because I can't even remember yeah. what the word is that I'm an expert at. <laughs> but I am a philosophy expert because because I watch the good. Ones. Yeah. So I I know all about philosophy. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's amazing that you guys have walked right into this. That you know, John Locke has an idea of personal identity. Uh, that the, it's a it's it's the survival of consciousness after mm. death, mm. and so the personal identity is a matter of psychological continuity. So therefore, it is um, not something founded in consciousness, or it is. It's it's in memory, and it's not a substance of either the body or the spirit or the soul. So that being said. The collection of memories or, the, or the, the identity of self within the body of Anakin slash Darth Vader could be split in two. And mm. therefore, you have a force ghost 
light side of Anakin, and then you still could have uh, something in the afterlife or something that is the identity of Darth Vader. Um, and I don't know if you read Throne Alliances. We tried to do a, a, close, <laughs> a closer look on that. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get anybody to get through the book <laughs> to actually be able to do it, <laughs> so it's hard to recommend uh, the book. But I will say... There goes the interview with Timothy Zahn, but say more! Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> well, you know... Sometimes we got to keep it real. We got to keep it, uh, you know, a hundy here. Um, uh, we got to, you know, you know, I got my street. Yeah, to think of. yeah. So um, we don't want people to think that we just whatever Disney and Star Wars puts out here that we just lick. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the visual. Yeah. Okay. No problem. Um, anyway, that. No, um, what was I say? Okay. So in that book, though, one I think one of the best things that he did in that book was. He was in in the mind of Darth mm-hmm. Vader, and this is, um, you know, spoiler alert. If you, but I, I don't recommend the book, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but um, so spoiler alert if you plan to read it. But it's split in, you know, there's two time periods mm-hmm. going on, and it's Thrawn having an adventure with Anakin, and then later Thrawn having an adventure with Darth Vader, with you know, while when he's an Imperial mm-hmm. officer. So. Um, when he's interacting with Darth Vader, he keeps reminding him of, hey, remember when we did this back when you were Anakin? And Darth Vader's like, Anakin's dead. Anakin's dead. You know, and Thrawn keeps trying to sort of slide things in there to see if he'll confess to being Anakin. But in Vader's mind, he actually is a different person. He keeps saying, those are the memories of the Jedi. He he refers to Anakin not as Mm. me. He refers to to him as the Jedi. Mm. That's how he thinks of it. It's kind of like my favorite... One of my favorite lines in Batman actually came from Batman Beyond, which is, you know, way down there in the bottom of Batman. But, um, Bat, you know, Bruce Wayne is somebody's trying to make him think he's crazy and, and they're making him think he hears a voice and they keep saying, hey, Bruce, you're, you know, Bruce this, you know, and trying to make him think he's crazy. And in the end, Bruce goes, I knew that that wasn't an inner voice or me going crazy. Mm. And they're like, well, how did how did you know? It's like, well, in my mind, I don't call myself Bruce. So anyway, <laughs> you know, he's two different people. And so therefore, you know, when. Obi-Wan talks about him being dead. Maybe he really was dead. Maybe there's two different total entities in there. So, therefore, you could have... And I don't necessarily know if it would be a a Sith Force Ghost, Force Ghost, because we've always said that they really can't do that. It's kind of what we think the um, uh, the canon is on that. But, you know, back to what you talked about in the mask, that, that they kind of possess objects. And so, therefore, mm. that mask that we haven't heard anything from yeah. that, that Kylo is always talking to... Maybe we have something from that. But anyway, I think it's possible that if they wanted to make a Sith Force Ghost, that there's a way to have both the good one we saw at the Return of the Jedi and an evil one that embodies Vader. Well said. Great philosophizing. Um, <laughs> and, and I would just add, like, that really ties into what we've seen in the Vader Marvel comic line lately, mm-hmm. when we actually have Vader kind of communing with this former Sith Lord via a mask and, and other inanimate objects. So... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, Eve, if that is convincing at, at all to you, if you still say, nay, not so, or if you say, okay, maybe there's a chance where it not only will happen, mm. but it, it could happen naturally. Yes, uh, Carl, that kind of, I never once considered that. And if that happens, I would be 110% on board. Wow, 110%. Yeah. Wow. All in. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, so let me let me ask this in Eve from from your perspective. Do you think that assuming this can be true, and you say you'd be all in, is that the route that 
would feel most right to you where it's this kind of, I guess mm -hmm. it's not a true split personality in, in <laughs> psychological terms, right? But the, the, this split spirit or, or memories remnants of these entities are out there. Yes. I think, I think it would be, it would feel, it would feel natural and not some sort of like, oh gosh, like hocus pocus pocus wizardry mm. happening yeah. in a place where that really doesn't belong yeah. if he had not died then i would have been a lot of, then it would have just been a case of like you know psychiatric disorders mm. in a star wars film but because he is dead that kind of split spirit soul kind of thing breaking off that resonates far more mm. i think that brings back some of the mysticism that so many of us long for when it comes yeah. to the force and I guess we can kind of break down further the more we know about this, if this were to ever happen, whether this is strictly part of the force or this is something that will be newly introduced to. Who knows? There's so many creative ways to make it happen. I would echo, Eve, what you said, though, that we don't want to feel hocus pocus, right? We don't want mm -hmm. to feel like, wow, what just happened? Yeah. I think that's what jarred so many folks with Leia's use of the force in The Last Jedi. Mm. And and I think to do that again would would cause pushback, which I don't know if you're hurt or not, but fandom doesn't need that right now. <laughs> yeah, let me go on record in saying that. I know it's true. Hey, speaking of Darth Vader, we're going to talk about Vader in our closer look segment. So stick around, Tauntauns. We'll be right back. I'm going in closer to one of the big ones. Closer, come closer. I have the news. Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. I never ask that question till after I've done it. You will find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Wow, speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi, what a great time for the old uh, own point of view to come back into play. Okay, so listen, we're, we're in the midst of this series. So far, we, we've talked about Luke, we've talked about Han, we've talked about Leia. We're going to talk about Vader tonight, and we're, we're taking on just kind of a different perspective. It doesn't really have to do with their character traits or anything that they necessarily physically did, but we're focused on those moments of dialogue that are really pivotal to their characters and something that... They say a question they might ask, which really is this landmark of their overall character arc and as they develop as a character. So we're going to focus on Vader. We, we made the call beforehand in our group text going back and forth. Where, where's the dividing line? Or, you know, is, is it, does it include Anakin? Is this um, anywhere other than the film? And so it's, it's clearly from Vader. So anytime... From the time that Anakin is named Darth Vader, right, there in Episode 3, including Rebels, and on through Episodes 4, 5, and 6. And then also we, we would, of course, throw Rogue One in there as well. So with that in mind, we're looking for those, those key moments of dialogue that really shape the character. With that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw it over to Carl to get things started. And, and Carl, just give us a, a couple of lines that really stood out to you. Remember, these don't necessarily have to be 
the quotable ones, the iconic ones that we all have memorized and, and say when no one else is in the car or in the shower or wherever mm-hmm. else. But there are those ones that really mm-hmm. add to the character's depth and, and story arc. So with, with that in mind, the groundwork laid, mm-hmm. what, what are some of the ones that really stood out or stand out most to you? Okay. Before I do that, it's been bugging me. Walter White like was a chemistry teacher, <laughs> and he got into meth. You are a history teacher. I'm trying to figure out what illegal money-making scheme that have, Okay, well, That's... one, have you seen National Treasure? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Treasure two, <laughs> Yeah, two, I mean, um, you know, archaeology and digging up dead bodies is still a thing. So mm, there, there's okay. all kinds of options. Right. Yeah. But, but thank you okay, for inquiring. Sweet. I appreciate that. I was just, it was just eating me up. And also John Locke was a character on Lost, which J.J. Abrams was a part of. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yes. Okay, and yeah, question. thank you for not referring to the Renaissance or rather the Enlightenment era philosopher, John Locke. But yes, <laughs> go ahead. Right. Um, okay. So we had that line where he says, I will call you Vader. So I, I guess I'm, I'm cheating a little bit on one of them and you guys can get thumbs down thumbs up whatever you want to on it but um because actually in the script it actually says it's 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 given as anakin when he says this but when he's kneeling down you know or when he's being told you know join me and and we can find the secrets to saving padme you know he says i will do whatever you ask and so i think at that moment even though his name came a little bit later i think at that moment he became darth vader when he finally said I'm, I'm totally giving myself over to you, Sidious, and I will do whatever you t- you ask me to do. Um, I think at that point, that's when boom, Darth Vader was born, and and he never you know didn't turn back until and he was all in really until Luke changed him. So that's one that I think is very important. Well, I'll, I'll just um, I'll just push back right now and say you know if if you if you're going 26 in a 25 mile an hour zone, you're technically speeding. Mm. If if your oh, toe, if your toe is in the two point range <laughs> when you're trying to shoot a three, it's gonna get you two mm. points. So I'm gonna say foul. Just oh, no good. Foul. Disqualifying that first one. But please, <laughs> okay. by all means, carry on. If you disagree, give us a call on the hotline and tell Devin while I'm right. <laughs> um, uh, um, I think um, in a New Hope where he says that name uh, no longer has any meaning mm. for me. When he's responding to being called Skywalker, um, so I think that's a that's an important one. Right. Um, so that again, it kind of goes to what we talked about a while ago. He is a different person. Skywalker means nothing. To okay, him. he is. Dark and so that's that's so from if, Return of the Jedi. Just to clarify, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, just to, just to clarify, it's okay. Yeah. I, I, I know I threw you off by rejecting your first uh, yes. entry there. So I'll I'll grace to you. Yes. Okay, so okay, that, that fantastic fantastic <laughs> pick. E, from your perspective, mm-hmm. give us one, two, uh, a couple of those lines where you feel that is is really that that landmark moment for that character via dialogue. For me, and I, you're scaring me with the judgments already coming right out of the gate. But oh, Eve, you know I judge you on way more than just Vader. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, uh. so I went with. And these kind of relate to one another. When I left you, I was but the learner. Mm. Now I am the master. Mm. And and my second choice, and then I'm going to bring them together, is what is thy bidding, my master? Mm. And I think that shows, for me, when I look at both of them line, lines almost in tandem, just how gone he is. Mm. He's, mm. he's so, like, 
boastful and just mm. this anticipation to get the upper hand of his former master and kind of kill that error in his life that he says is gone, but is mm. clearly not. Mm. And, I mean, it's the first time he's seeing Obi-Wan again in 20 years, and the first thing he says goes right back to their past. Yeah. And mm. and then, you know, flash forward slightly, and he's calling someone else master. Like, he's just forever, mm. <laughs> always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Wow. And, and he cannot accept, I, 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 I don't think Vader ever accepted himself either as Anakin or as Vader and these kind of polar opposites mm. just speak incredible volumes to me. I love first of all, I just love that line period from Vader when he's talking to Kenobi on on the Death Star in mm. New Hope. So great call on that. I, I love that even more. Mm. And and you brought out his kind of a boastful, arrogant way that that comes across. And I think that makes it so much more clear and for me enticing if we understand what that homeboy just did at the end of Rogue One, right? Yes. Just, just you know, just like literally Jason from Friday the 13th slaying people. <laughs> and then really, as far as the timeline goes, not a whole lot of time transpires between when he is just busting some serious rebel ass and mm-hmm. when he says those words to Kenobi on the Death Star. So I, I love that pick. I, I love how those are in, in tandem as well. Both of those great picks. Barb, what, what are some of your thoughts on this? What are some of the lines that I picked? Yeah, sure. That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's, there's a lot of quotable lines yeah, that Vader right, has. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, and so I was, I was steering clear of a lot of the quotable ones. Okay. Obviously, the most um, epic quotable line, not just of Star Wars, but of cinematic history is, yeah. um, no, I am your father. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but that's not one of my choices. I wow. Just, okay. Um, <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were being sarcastic. No, there. I'm being totally serious on that. But go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I didn't want to pick the most obvious, okay. and I know that a lot of people will go that route. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The two that I picked, uh, one was for A New Hope, and it's the Force is strong with this one, referring okay. to Luke. Okay. And I in the trench run, there. In the trench yeah. run. Yeah. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I think what. What I love about that line is he yeah. doesn't realize he's talking about his son. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so that line has more impact once you've seen the rest of the original yeah. trilogy. Yeah, agreed. It, it's it's impactful just in that moment because yeah. you realize that Luke does have a strong connection with the Force. Okay, yeah. But then when you realize why, yeah, it's... So that's impactful. Okay. And then my second one, a much longer one, and it's from Return of the Jedi. It's the last... Uh, the lightsaber battle between yeah. Luke okay. and Vader. Yeah. I keep wanting to say Anakin. He's trying to draw out Anakin, his yeah. father, and he doesn't right. want to fight him, and he's hiding, and Vader's looking for him. Yeah. And Vader's trying to stir the pot with Luke to yeah. get him out from hiding. Right, right. And, and Luke keeps saying, I don't want to fight you. Yeah. This line... <laughs> It's so epic because it's what draws out Luke's anger. And he's he's trying to read Luke's thoughts. And he says, sister, so you have a twin sister. Mm. Your feelings have now betrayed her too. Mm. Obi-Wan was wise to hide her from me. Now his failure is complete. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. Mm. It's a really long line. But, I mean, it's so impactful yeah. to Luke. It yeah. brings out exactly what the Emperor wanted from Luke, his anger. And it goes into this amazing mm. cinematic scene with the 
music in the background and Luke just battling Vader until he cuts his hand off. It's mm. just to me that's that's the turning point of of that whole scene wow. is that one line. That's a really solid pick. I, I wouldn't have thought of it in those terms. That, that's a really really solid pick. So here, look if if you search most quotable Vader things mm-hmm. like that, you're going to come up with a laundry list. But here here's some of the things that that overlap and in no particular order. Um, but we'll we'll go f- for it from there. So here's one. Uh, this goes back to episode three, Revenge of the Sith. I see through the lies of the Jedi. I do not fear the dark side as you do. I have brought peace, freedom, justice, and security to my new empire. Okay, um, definitely. I don't know if that's so quotable, but that's certainly a, a, a turning point for him. Um, mm-hmm. Here's another. This is more quotable, I think, but it goes to the character of Vader. I wouldn't put it necessarily on our list for the purposes that we're after, but for the purposes of just the more memorable or quotable lines, I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think my father-in-law said that to me at one point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, I, it, w- like this is one of my favorite lines just because of uh, that moment where we start to see the first glimpse of Vader's power long before Rogue One ever came out. And that is, don't be too proud of this technological tear you've constructed. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force, which is followed, of course, by, I find your lack of faith disturbing. That's the line I had in the script. Yeah, I, mm. that that does a couple things. That only like gives Vader so much power right but this is like wait the ability to like blow up a planet is insignificant convert this thing on the force <laughs> tell me more right <laughs> um and, and so I, I think that 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 is powerful now look this this goes also to one of the ones that was on my list as well and and this goes back to return of the jedi and and this is it's a longer line as well and this is when of course, we get Sebastian Shaw in it. But uh, just for once, let me look on you with my own eyes. You were right. You were right about me. Tell your sister you were right. Mm-hmm. Wow. To me, that is so like sentimental and endearing. And there's just there's yeah. this admission of guilt. There's an admission of love. There's an admission of sorrow. And I, I just think. I- I just think that I'm rejecting that one because he's Anakin when he turns back. So <laughs> I'm rejecting yours, <laughs> like you rejected mm. mine, and then you're all real positive no. with Eve and, and Barb and all there. So I've got my feelings. I see. Okay. Well, that's great. Um, he's kind of yeah. right. Yeah, I, I can't. I, honestly, like you called me on that, Carl, and that's great. I mean, all I can really say is <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> And I just say that for good. I just say that for good audio. I just say that for good audio. I don't I, know. I, I can't wait to Chicago. We're gonna have to. We are. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Okay, Carl, you win. You're absolutely right. If if we're if we're gonna play by the rules that I established first, you are right in, in pushing back on that. So I will I will give you this other line of dialogue from Vader in Return of the Jedi, and it's just as lengthy time wise as that that other one. And listen, I know that there's gonna be pushback from a lot of folks because this was put into the Blu-ray. Return of the Jedi, re-edit 2.0. And that, of course, is when he has that elongated, no. (laughs) Or something like that. Um, That was, sometimes I impress even myself. Um, I I think that, (laughs) 
I wish I got. I wish I got that on video. Thank you, Eve. Um, (laughs) I'm just picturing the GIF with all the O's going around. (laughs) Yeah, right. That was amazing. Add a few more, Um, and and so I I think that that to me is is that quintessential example of the character having that transitional point in in the character's arc. So for me, for me, that's it. Mm -hmm. And and Carl, I don't know. Is it at that point where? Upon that line, he reverts to Anakin. I don't know where the definitive bleeding edge of that yeah. argument is when he reverts to Anakin. Is it as he picks up the Emperor? Is it as he says the line? Is it as he releases the grip of the Emperor down the energy shaft? I don't know where you would draw that line. I think when, uh, as he's picking him up. saying that, Okay, yeah. so it, will it make it according to the criteria we have set forth then? Yes, sir. I, you, oh, I'll allow it. See, your, <laughs> your, your fandom is growing down under just because... Of of your grace for me on this, I appreciate that. Are there any other things that that stick out as far as lines that either you enjoy that are just quotable Vader lines, or that would fall to the criteria or fall within the criteria that we're talking about in Closer Look tonight, Barb? Well, one thing I didn't think about when I was thinking of the lines was Rebels. Mm, yeah, uh, I don't know why because I love Rebels. Yeah, um, and immediately when you said Rebels, mm. I went straight to Twilight of the Apprentice yes. with Ahsoka mm. Tano, yeah. and he's he says so many things in the dialogue between the two of them. Yeah, but one of the ones I love is, you know, when we're talking about the difference between Vader and Anakin, he yeah. says Anakin Skywalker was weak. Mm. I destroyed him. Mm. Mm. That almost sounds like Kylo Ren took that out of the Vader playbook. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some beauty with that. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's interesting. Think of bringing up Star Wars Rebels because there, that's another thing that goes back to our previous chat about the possibility of Vader being a nine in in some form or another. And you know, we we were treated to one of the the final episodes of Rebels where we've got Ezra going through this door to different worlds, mm-hmm. and it's not yeah. like mm-hmm. time hopping like we're Sam and Quantum Leap or something like that. For those of you that are unfamiliar with that show, you need to go watch Quantum Leap. It's a very great, just fun family sci-fi adventure. Anyway, that being said, Dave Filoni actually did say, as he was sitting next to me in Burbank Studios, that it's not about Ezra, you know, time hopping per se. It's not about like, hey, I'm going to go to this point in time, so I go through this door. But there is, through the Force, this ability for those that are in tune with the Force to be part of these moments that have transpired. So I think that that might be going back to mm-hmm. our previous conversation about force goes Vader. Mm-hmm. That might be another way that Kylo Ren could potentially have that interaction. Who knows if we're going to see that on film or not, but I just thank you for bringing that up, Barb, because I, I meant to say that earlier and it, and it slipped my mind. Carl, how about you? Any other Vader lines that are either just fun, memorable ones that you like to mm-hmm. say as you're driving <laughs> to your next appointment or on the treadmill at the gym? <laughs> well, you did just bring up a uh, world within worlds. And I, mm-hmm. the thing about these lines is like you talked about the one about the, this technological terror pales in comparison to the, to the power of the force. And yeah. that's the line I thought of when I watched world within mm-hmm. worlds and, and the emperor trying to trick Ezra into letting him in there. Yeah. That would be a more powerful weapon if it got in the hands of the emperor than mm-hmm. the death star. So things like that are cool. How they make you think about these lines. One other line I can think of is uh, Luke, you can destroy the emperor. He has foreseen this. Mm. It is your destiny. Join mm. me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Come with me. It is mm. the only way. So we've got, um, and we didn't even really know about the rule of two then, mm. but the rule of two kind of there of 
you know, he Vader was finding his apprentice so that he could overthrow the emperor. Yeah. And uh, he's he's really in. He's more thinking about at this point, which shows the transformation. He's more thinking of his son as an apprentice, assess somebody to be a rival and to to use, and maybe you know one day him try to overthrow Vader or Vader have to kill him, as opposed to this is my son who mm. I need to you know take care of, which is how he ends up. You know, after um, at the end of Return of the Jedi, so I, I like that line too. It'll be fascinating, and and it might be out there in in a book that I haven't read, which is entirely possible. And so, if you're listening to this and you can point me in the right direction to answer this question, I'd love to know it. Or if anyone tonight can answer it. With that quote in mind, I, I'd be curious if Vader ever had the thought like, "Oh, this kid is actually more powerful than me, and I've really got to like be careful here." Like there there is something about this mm. kid. That maybe maybe I Anakin wasn't the chosen one, but chosen to bring about the chosen one. I I, I just I I wonder if that snapshot that thought ever crossed his mind. But maybe not. Perhaps his hubris caused him to think that he was always what he was referred to, and that was the was the chosen one. Eve, any mm. other thoughts about Vader dialogue or quotes <laughs> that you, you might find yourself saying whenever? Uh, yeah, impressive. Most mm. impressive. Yeah, that's a fun one, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, that yeah, that can be used for <laughs> so many different things. Oh my god. I mean, never of the history papers that I read, but um <laughs> impressively bad. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, that is a fun one. It's it's funny that Vader is so quotable. Mm-hmm. It, it, I and I think that that's one of the things that the writers of Vader's dialogue, be it film, be it animation, and, and even some of the written word, books, things like that, comics especially. Marvel's done a fantastic job with Vader, especially the, the, the second run of Vader, of really nailing these kind of one-liners. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. if he wasn't so scary and powerful, it, it, he'd almost come across like one-liners of like a comedian as far as not not what he's saying is funny but he's just like boom 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 quotable 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 barb do you have something else you want to throw in there well you know just all those lines like apology accepted captain nita or you have failed me for the last time that's what my father-in-law said that's right um (laughs) now i remember it's all coming back now um (laughs) i'm just kidding folks it was the only time that i failed um Barb. (laughs) Uh, Anything else, Eve or Carl, that just like, I love that line? Uh, Be careful not to choke on your aspirations. Yeah, it's a good Rogue One line, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that I think some people kind of balked at that, but I think it's like it's quintessential Vader. I mean, yeah. I would mm-hmm. you know, that, that's among the great Vader lines that are out there. I, I, so I want to know, we want to know from, from y'all that are listening to this. I went Carl mode for a second with y'all. Um, <laughs> y'all, y'all, we want to know what y'all think about this. And not only what are some of your, your Vader lines that maybe you use on a regular basis, whether that's, you know, in the grocery store line and the bank line or driving in traffic or whatever else, but maybe some of those that are actually really quintessential to the character story arc as well as we talked about tonight. One of the things I love about this little mini series that we're doing is it's really for me bringing depth to the character's journey. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. love, you know, some of the things that got brought up with kind of comparing things to what was said in rebels. And we link that back to like Kylo Ren and stuff. And 
wow, like this universe is so rich when we really start peeling back layers and, and really examining things. And I love that. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. funny that the, where Jeremy and I work, there are so many people that, you know, they give us a bad time and, and that's fine. Look, we're, we're two middle-aged dudes talking about Star Wars. That's, that's totally fine. But I, I think it's this kind of thing that they don't see, that they don't get, right? Mm-hmm. For them, it's it's lasers and laser swords, but, but they're, they're not getting, like, the depth of of the mythology here. And, and I think that that's, certainly for myself, the thing that brings me back to Star Wars over and over again. We'll be back to wrap things up right after this. We're not done yet. All right, let's go ahead and wrap things up this week. Eve, tell the people what's going on. Okay, so we kind of have some big news about Outer Rim Originals. And not sure if anybody has noticed, but earlier, or last week rather, the Outer Rim Originals Twitter account tweeted something a little esoteric, a little vague about big news coming. And that big news is that Unmistakably Star Wars and Outer Rim Originals have officially merged into one entity. So what does this mean for all of the prints that Outer Rim Originals have listed and will be listing? This just means that it's official new home and management and all of the production work, everything from soup to nuts is now under the Unmistakably Star Wars umbrella. And you can find all about it over at unmistakablystarwars.com. Just click on the Outer Room Originals tab, drop down the menu, and you can check out artist information. The current prints are on sale, which some of the ones that are currently listed are from when Outer Room Originals first opened its doors. So we have a few limited editions up on the site again, and there will be some sales in the coming days, so keep your eyes on that. But officially... Unmistakably Star Wars and Outer Rim Originals are one, and we could not be more happy about this. And just as a reminder, also, with Star Wars Celebration literally around the corner, there will be more releases, more art, just more in the coming months, featuring Yoda and Holdo and so much more. So you guys definitely don't want to miss out. We will also be doing some giveaways and maybe even the scavenger hunt in time for Star Wars Celebration. So keep an eye on that. Again, unmistakablystarwars.com. Another thing, we love when you guys reach out to us and leave us messages or emails. So please do that. We would love to put your voice on the episode with your insightful, amazing opinions. And you can do that by calling us at 929-525-1977. That's yay, 525-1977. And I actually am taking over the thank yous for this week, just very randomly. But as Devin mentions every week, we want to thank you for hanging out with us, for listening, for tuning in, for sharing our podcasts, for sharing your opinions, your insight, what you've taken away, what you've brought to us in the way of how you see things that we are talking about. We absolutely love that. And we consider each of you part of the extended Unmistakably Star Wars family and look forward to our time together every single week. We know that without each and every one of you, this pod could not continue to grow and thrive. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of the USW family. And just 
A special thanks to our patrons. In particular, we want to mention Brandon Boylan, Jim Capron, Derek DeVernay, Dave Hackerson, Michelle Grandine, Neil Lowry, Mario Piper, Kyle Roussel, Regina Sanders, Connie Shee, Aaron Sinner, Krista Smolensky, Franklin Taylor, Michael Ward, Amy Wishman, and... To Devin's mystery donor. I know it's the podcast donor, but it's such sweet torture every week to hear him say, I love C3PO. I know it doesn't mean too much coming from me. And Esther, we absolutely love you. And Devin will return next week with that wonderful, wonderful quote. I promise. Again, your financial investment allows us to expand our reach of this podcast and improve the quality of what we bring to you. We know, we know that it is a sacrifice and we are so humbled to be the beneficiary of your financial commitment. And again, if you're not yet part of the Unmistakably Star Wars extended family, we have got the room for you and we'd love to have you along on this crazy, amazing journey. And if you're interested, please visit the website at unmistakablystarwars.com forward slash Patreon to see all of the options, the benefits, all of the sweet deals and giveaway and perks that you can get for lending us a portion of your generosity each month. So thank you so much. Thanks, Eve. That is great. As always, we thank our patrons. We thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, as Eve kind of teased there, we've got some fun things coming up. For celebration, and we want to make sure that you, our listeners, kind of are are in on this before it kind of goes to the general public. So, by all means, if you're not following us on the Twitter, follow us. We're going to talk about it first on the podcast, and then we're going to kind of feed it out onto social media and stuff where the masses can have access to it. But we, we want you to be able to win stuff. We mm-hmm. love you, and we want to reward you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With that in mind, that's going to do it for this week, my little Tauntauns. The circle is now complete. We'll see you next time in the digital docking bay. And until then, may the Force be with you. Unmistakably Star Wars is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. This party's over.